Hello, 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 and welcome to another empowering episode of Pep Talks with Megan De La Concha. I am so delighted to show up today um, with something new that we are now incorporating into the Pep Talks with Megan De La Concha podcast, and that is guest speakers. Yay! I cannot wait. This has really been on my, um, just on my to-do list or on my calendar or just on the radar, but I wanted to wait until the podcast has grown and, um, you know, built up a community of amazing followers. And really I wanted to get a bunch of episodes under my belt. Um, I really felt like it's really easy to start off a podcast with guest speakers, but I wanted you guys to come to get to know me. I wanted us to form a bond, to form a relationship. I wanted you to actually hear what I had to say um, you know, and kind of establish myself as, as Megan De La Concha in, in the community and who I serve, which is you and what my life is all about. And I wanted to gain that level of trust. Um, so as we are all going through these seasons of life, I feel that this is an amazing, an amazing time to bring on guest speakers. And it's going to be everything that's relevant. You know, it's just going to be an extension of the podcast and things we talk about. But it's really nice to have a conversation because, you know, I have really good conversations by myself. (laughs) But when you have a conversation with somebody else, you end up talking about different points of views. Um, They bring so much to the table. They bring value. They bring different questions. Um, It's challenging in in the best way. And so I feel that we get into these conversations on a much deeper level. And these are all people who are experts in their field. Um, So it's nice to just, you know, be surrounded by these like-minded, empowering women. And plus, they all have something really amazing to give. So I am excited to introduce our first guest. Now, let me tell you something. We hopped on a call, and this was supposed to be our pre-podcast discussion. I am so thankful that I hit record because this turned out to just be the podcast episode in its entirety. So um, I am definitely, my hair is in a ponytail and dirty and I'm in a hoodie, but our conversation was so good that there was no way that I could hop back on the phone and recreate the magic that was. So I want to introduce my very first guest, an amazing, beautiful, awesome friend in real life, Whitney Johnson, who is the preschool whisperer and a parenting support and mava. I know I stumbled there. M U V A H motivator. Whitney Johnson uh, started her career in the parenting and child care space way before she had even realized it. At the young age of seven, Whitney began lining up stuffed animals and teaching them to read, count, and say their ABCs like her favorite preschool teacher. 
As she got older, she noticed that people would ask her to babysit, nanny, tutor, and teach their children, but she never realized the impact she had on each family after working with her. So things took a surprising turn when she became a mother at 21. Although she had years of experience working with children and families, it was totally different caring for her own child. She found herself drowning in the daily demands of cooking and cleaning and doing things for everyone else that she fell into a deep state of numbness. After months of silence and painful internal pain, she found herself not eating, barely sleeping, barely able to get out of bed most days. This overwhelm in motherhood caused Whitney to be hospitalized for postpartum depression. So to pick herself back up, She made the bold decision to no longer do what was the norm in motherhood. Instead, she self-proclaimed her own path in motherhood, which she calls motherhood, a phrase that she believes stands for creating your own definition of motherhood, creating your own validation, and raising your children to honor themselves through self-validation, self-love, and emotional intelligence. Three of my favorite things. Whitney now shares her signature MOVA method for helping moms to reclaim time for themselves and find themselves through motherhood in her signature program called Prosper and Parenting Academy, an eight-week intensive for parents looking for support in conscious parenting through temper tantrums and meltdowns. Lord knows. She is also the host of the MOVA May I podcast, which is phenomenal and cracks me up a podcast that centers around real motherhood topics that help moms to feel empowered to their own story, live their best life, and find themselves through motherhood. Her work focuses on creating happier homes, stronger family, stronger family bonds, and deeper connections between parent and child. So I will introduce you now to my beautiful, amazing, hilarious, sometimes ratchet friend, Whitney Johnson. So Whitney, I wanted to have this conversation with you and I want to name it like conscious parenting and more in depth is focusing like i just want to have a conversation in your thoughts and pick your brain about what limitations that we are subconsciously or unconsciously whatever the word may be be putting on our kids um whether it's limitations that we put on ourselves mixed with with limitations that our parents have put on us because of their limitations this that that cycle that whole cycle And what brought me to having this discussion with myself and with my husband is a couple of things. So two stories. One was I dropped Jackson off at school and he had his hair cut. He had his hair slicked back and he had a cute outfit on. And I drove away and I was watching him walk and I was like, he is just so cute. He's so put together. He's got his new shoes on. And then I thought, why does that make me feel so good? Like, why does that make me feel some type of way that my kid looks put together with clothes and shoes and his hair done? Because these kids I know don't give a crap about what he looks like, not at that age. And and this is what I'm leading into. And I really thought and said, because believe it or not, it's a pride thing. 
it's a pride thing, right? And it goes, for me, it goes back to, <clears throat> I would have thoughts of, I don't want his teacher thinking that we're poor. I don't want his teacher thinking that he's grungy or dirty or that we don't have a, like, it all goes back to that fear of being judged by other people. And we put that on our kids. Like we will find any way, right, to keep us safe and not be judged by other people when these kids don't care. They don't know if your outfit is matching. They don't, they don't know if you're wearing a striped shirt and plaid shorts. They don't care, right? But they soon to grow up to care. So in high school, if you come in and your hair is disheveled, doesn't have gel in it, it's not cut. If you're wearing wrinkly old cargo shorts and a Metallica shirt that's old and grungy, you know, whatever. The, uh, these kids equate to you're poor, your parents must be poor, you must be dirty, your house must stink. But these kids don't inherently at, at the young age, they don't inherently know that that's something to judge or make fun of. That has to be taught. That behavior has to be taught, whether it's through seeing us do it or us saying things to them. Like, for instance, Jackson would come out and get and be dressed. He would have dressed himself. And I would say, that doesn't match. And he's like, mom, this is what I want to wear. It's athletic shorts and like a nice shirt. And I'm like, no, it doesn't match. But why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I just let him go to school like that? Because it was out of fear of being judged or out of my own pride. And I realized different ways that we put that. I mean, it's it, what everyone does, right? I mean, we put that on our kids and I feel like that affects our kids it, and it's a learned behavior that starts them being afraid of like, oh, I shouldn't wear this. I should match. I should have my hair slicked back. I should get a haircut because I don't want others to judge me because my mom, she didn't want me to, to look that way. So I should look that way without them knowing what that really means. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I thought, Damn, the things that we put on our kids that we think are so harmless and it's out of our own fear of self of being judged and it's out of our own pride of like, look at my kid. He's kids don't know what what shirt is cool or not. And honestly, kids are like, oh, dang, man, you got a Pokemon shirt. That's cool. Like they don't care that it says Tom Ford on the front or whatever, you know, like they don't care. But it's us that puts these limitations on our kids and it's us that put these thoughts on our kids and actually teach them how to judge and teach them how to have this pride. Now, I, I obviously believe in um, if you're going to a job interview, even as a teen or whatever, you dress nice, right? If you go to church, you're dressing nice because you're showing that that's important to you because it takes time and it takes energy to have a good outfit, to iron your shirt, to do your hair, to brush your teeth. It takes time. So that obviously shows that that's something important to you. You care about it. But like, do you remember having these um, like parties or invitations and they would say dress to impress? Mm -hmm. Like it's ladies night, black little black dress to impress. And I realized like, those are little ways that we've all been conditioned to accept dress to impress, impress who? And it just feeds into the being judged by others. I mean, I'm dressing to impress somebody else. <laughs> but we don't recognize these things because we're so conditioned 
that this is just what you do. This is how you act. And that creates these thoughts in our heads that keeps us stuck. And then we pass that down to our kids. Wow. And another thing, and, and then I'm going to shut up because I want to get your, but I want to lay the groundwork for you okay. is with conscious parenting. So I had an old iPhone eight and I recently upgraded. I had a case on mine and it had a little pop socket and it was leopard. Actually, I think I have it. It's leopard design. Well, Jackson, my oldest, he has an iPhone seven too that he uses just for games and stuff. He doesn't take it to school or anything, but he does go back and forth to his, to my house and his dad's house and his dad's house. There's more kids in the house and he has like all his baseball friends and everything over there. And they're always playing Roblox and all that other stuff. So he asked mom, can I have your case? And I was driving and I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh shoot, there's a leopard print pop socket on there. So I was like, let me see if I can get this off. I couldn't get it off. And I was like, you know what? We'll just get you another one. He's like, no, why can't I have that one? And I was like, and I was about to say, because it has a leopard print pop socket on it, meaning it's a girly pop socket, but it's, it's animal print. What makes an animal, a girly animal and a, and a boy animal. Right. So I shut my mouth and I said, yeah, you know what? You can have it. Now, of course, inside I was quelling with all of these, like, oh my God, he's going to get made fun of. He's going to be called, oh, you're a girl. Oh, you like this. Oh, you like that. But I kept my mouth shut. Right. Cause I was like, no, you know what? Let's, let's see what happens. So I said, yeah, put it on. We got home and my husband saw it and he's like, really, you gave him, you gave him the case with the leopard print pop socket. I said, yeah. And he's like, I wouldn't let him take that to school or anywhere else. And I was like, why? And I knew why. And he was like, cause he's going to get made fun of. And I said, you know what though? Let's just see. And if he gets made fun of, he'll tell me about it and we'll go from there. But everything in me wanted to say, Jackson, no, because this is looked at like a girl's print and I don't want you to get made fun of. And then I realized I'm creating that for him. I'm creating that event for him because now he's going to go to school with, or, or if he's at his friend's house, are they going to make fun of me? Because he, right now he's not aware of that. And you know what? So we didn't say a word. And this was months ago. He, he takes that thing everywhere. Nobody said, I mean, and so I thought, oh my God, we would have put that in his mind so that he would have been like, it was like a door of an awareness that he didn't necessarily need to have. And no one has given him a, pro a problem about having a leopard print pop socket, but we're so scared. And I know we do it out of protection, but it's like, these are the things that I'm talking. These are like those deep undercover things that we do on a daily basis. And we we think that we're doing it out of protection, but what we're really doing is we're trying to limit our kids. We're trying to box them in to keep them safe when that's actually keeping them in harm's way because then they can't be, they can't just be. Like if we just left kids alone, right? Like we are their worst problem. <laughs> we think kids are our problem. We are their, we are their worst enemy. I swear. But it really got me thinking to just how to be more of a conscious parent and allow your kids to be exactly who they are without saying these limitations, without putting them in this box out of protection or out of our fear of being judged, out of our fear of 
or of being prideful and also you know obviously they're going to mind their manners they're not going to act crazy over at grandma's house and all of this but them being who they are with and i i don't mean no boundaries as a no discipline and I, I know this is totally your lane and and you know without correction um and guidance but how do how can we how can we teach our kids to be who they are without putting our limitations on them and how can we be more of a conscious parent in the way we speak to them like you know in the way that we put these things on them out of us feeling it's protecting them but it's really not this is so good okay so i think that one of the biggest things that parents um don't realize is that preschool children have more abilities than we realize their communication is a lot broader than we realize their abilities are a lot bigger than they, they that we realize and their mindsets can handle a lot more than we realize and so what parents do is they put limitations based on their age and they assume that mm -hmm. there's no way that i can talk to my preschooler about a problem that they're having i gotta just figure this out you know what i'm saying there's no way yeah. to do this there's no way that they can problem solve or like say for instance a child's climbing on something and they're having a hard time getting down no no no, no. you don't know how to do it yeah, let me get you down and, and, and not realizing that these things are sometimes limits that prevents them from trying. Mm. And what we don't realize is that there's so much power in struggle. There's so much to uncover and discover about yourself in the midst of a struggle. But we step in and prevent them from even experiencing what it's like to be challenged because we think we have to step in to protect them. Mm -hmm. or guard mm -hmm. them or do something different because they don't know the way when in all actuality a lot of times what they're revealing to us that a lot of things that we fear we don't need to fear or some of the things that we don't think we can communicate about we can communicate about and so what they're doing is really uncovering things about ourselves that we need to kind of strip away and bring to the forefront so that we can teach them how to develop the skills that they need when you spoke about <clears throat> your son and him having the, the uh, what was it called? The leopard, what is yeah, it? Yeah, the pop socket. Pop socket, yeah, the leopard pop <laughs> socket. I love that because I think a lot of times parents put like these gender agendas on their kids and say, well, you can't do this because this is only for this and this is only for that. But we have to also allow free will. And that doesn't mean that kids are going to go around doing crazy and being whatever they want. But when you set the boundaries, you have to give them free will to make the choices. You have to allow them to make choices. If they don't have an opportunity to make choices, then they'll never understand how to discover their voice. They'll never understand the reason why their voice matters, how to be validated in their own experiences and what their own feelings are. And so when we limit them from being able to communicate or being able to try different things or experience different things, when we stop them in the midst of that, we prevent them from discovering so much more on the other side of that. Mm. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because like, think about even like a, pre a, a, a child learning to walk. Like imagine if we stop them in the middle of their struggle and just been like, you know what, don't worry about it. This is too hard. I'll just hold your hand from now on. No, mm -hmm. we let them keep going through that struggle because at the end of it, you'll be able to walk, run, jump, and everything. But just like that experience, there's lots of other experiences that we encounter 
um, and our roles as parents that we can give our kids opportunities to go through struggle and discover things about themselves if we just allow them to do it. Mm -hmm. Stop talking so much. You know, like a lot of times we talk so much because we think we have to always direct and tell them what to do. But if you put it out there and you've already said that's how it does, sometimes be quiet and give them a chance. And yeah. if they struggle, welcome the struggle. Ask questions. What resources do you need to support you? What things didn't you understand? These are the type of things that you have to provide as resources to support them in the struggle so that they understand how to navigate through it and come out on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. So these things are all very, very important because these things help build up that self-validation with inside of you. Mm. These things all help contribute to your self-validation, allowing you to struggle, allowing you to be at free will, allowing me to say this is the rule, but you have free will. You choose to do something else, then do we choose a different outcome together? I, I, I allow you to do what you feel like you need to do, but then I also put boundaries and restrictions in place. And if you choose to make different choices, then we can choose a different outcome that relates to that. That's awesome. That is, <laughs> that is seriously, I love this is why. This is why <laughs> you are you are the toddler whisperer. I know you don't go by that name anymore, but I still call you that. <laughs> I think that's another one I need to use. <laughs> but it's so true. And I love what you said about um that there is power in the struggle. And I just it just makes me think so Chase is two. And he's not struggling with real world things right now. He's struggling with his own reality, which is he can't have a he can't have a fifth pack of fruit snacks before bed. Like that's his struggle, right? And so that's what we're working on. But with Jackson, he's definitely coming into, um, you know, there's a kid at school who is a fifth grader. Jackson's in fourth grade, and he always says, "Your head's so big, it's like a pop, a piece of popcorn." or whatever, you know, and Jackson will be like, this kid said my head looked like a piece of popcorn. And of course, my instinct is like, that's the best he could come up with. Like, what do you, but then I have to realize this is Jackson's reality. And of course, I want to come back and say, well, then you should tell him this. And But in, right, because we're, we're trying to protect our kids. And also that comes from what we've experienced. Like, we want our kids to react maybe in the way that we a wanted to react when we were being bullied but didn't or b that we just the only way we've known how to react instead of just respond so instead he's a i have a conversation with him about why kids pick on other kids and it's usually because maybe they're scared of something maybe they don't have a lot of friends and they see that you have a lot of friends and so they're going to get jealous of that and i give them examples about how I was jealous of things. And it's when we have these conversations, he'll be like, really, mom? And I'll tell him how I was mean to girls. And he'd be like, I don't want you to be mean to people. I'm like, I'm not anymore, but I was. So this is why people and kids act the way that they do. But I love when you said the power of the struggle, because let's, let's go back and say that that kid made fun of Jackson because of his pop socket without me saying anything, without my husband saying anything, like you're going to, you know, we let him, we let him like free will. This is what he wants to do. He likes it. That's all he knows. He doesn't say, well, this is girly. He just likes it. 
that's it. There's no strings attached. That's truly authentically something that he likes. He put it on his phone. He goes to school. He gets made fun of. He comes home. That is allowing them to experience, like you said, their own struggle. And then instead of us trying to derail that and give them a step-by-step, you're going to say this and then this, and then I'm going to knock his block off if he says something else. (laughs) It's almost like instead of giving them these strict rules that we feel we have to give them, like you said, it's kind of giving them just like, I'm going to give you these, this boundary. And I'm going to kind of just explain to you what's going on and then how you want to respond next time is up to you. And then again, we'll take it from there. If it happens again, we'll take it from there. So I'll tell you that a few weeks went by and I didn't hear anything about it. And then a week uh, or recently he got into the car and he said, mom, it happened again. And I said, what? And he said, Landon. And I'm like, okay, what happened this time? Tell me about it. Like, what was the scenario? I was saying bye to all my friends. And then he said, I'll see you and your mama. And he goes, I don't really know what that meant. And he goes, so I just thought about what you said. And my son's very empathetic person. He's like, I thought about what you said. I turned around and I said, you know what, Landon? I'm really proud of you. I'll see you tomorrow. And of course, of course, I'm dying inside because that is sarcastic AF, like, proud of you, bro. Cool. You know, and, like that's the way I'm saying it. But Jack, out of Jackson's heart, it was, and he made his own decision to say that. I didn't tell him to say that. I simply gave him guidance on why he, you're going to come up to certain situations instead of like, if anybody ever comes up to you, you know, it's, you better, you better stick up for yourself. You better not punch him out. You better do, I mean, you know, a situation basis, case by case basis, right? But, but this is, but like we, of course, we don't want our kids to go to school and be made fun of. And that's why we put, you're dressed nicely, you're put together, you have a good lunch, you have a water bottle, you have amazing, pe- your pencil box. I mean, everything is because we're trying to set them up to be protected. And also we feel good about it, right? It makes us feel like we're winning at parenting somehow when that has nothing to do because a kid is going to be a jerk regardless of what they're wearing or not wearing. (laughs) It all comes to parenting. So I love that you said that to allow your kids to find power in the struggle because we don't do that. We don't let them do that. No. And then I also think that in the midst of their struggles, we give them reassurance and validation skills that help them when they get in the face of these challenges. You know what I'm saying? Like give them the framework of self-validation. Well, I like my head. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Even if you don't like my head, I like my head. In fact, this is why I did it like this today. You know what I'm saying? So it's like giving them the daily tools for self-validation all along. So then when these types of things happen, where people say, oh, I didn't like your purple shirt. You should have wore a red one today. Or you should have had this instead of that. They are mentally prepared to navigate through that because they have reassurance within themselves. And I think that that self-validation along with the struggle is a the real... Um, I think that that is the um, that's the key to really making sure that they understand the outcome of their choices. Mm -hmm. The situation Um, is being able to merge those two things together. 
That is awesome. I So self-validation, and it's so crazy because I was just having a conversation with a friend today, a grown, you know, a grown friend. Uh, and, um, and we uncovered that she puts, and I've done the same thing and we all did the same thing, our self-worth and our self-value. And we put our, our sense of purpose into the hands of work. Like if I bend over backwards and I do go above and beyond, I am needed. I, um, I might be stressed all the time, but I feel like I'm valued. I feel like I'm constantly like, Hey, you can't do without me. Like I'm secure in my spot in life. This is my purpose. This makes me feel like I'm, I, I have a plan here. I have a place here. And then let's say we lose that job or we put that into a relationship, right? You, you, you put your identity into a relationship or into work and then that's ripped out from under you. <laughs> then you that's when we feel that's when that's why we implode because <laughs> it's like where's my place? Where do I land? Oh. Because I, everything you were holding me up. Like oh. my purpose was in you. <laughs> that's what that's why the self validation cuz you're not going to be at the school. Yes. Right? So you're not going to always be there. So mentally he has to have the capacity to say, I know that this is something that this child is going through, but I know who I am. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I can stand on my own and be okay with whoever says, saying whatever, because they are validated by themselves, just being, you know what I'm saying? Just yes. Yes. And, and, and I think that I, one of the things I think that um, I forgot to say this a minute ago, but I think one of the things that when we talk about how our kids dress and how they look, I think that those things are important. I think that you should, you know, look nice and everything like that. But I think that one of the things that parents are missing is we don't have to choose what looks nice. We don't have to choose mm. what works right. We can give children options. We can say you can have the red shirt and the blue shirt and both shirts look nice with the khaki pants. Go with whichever one that they <laughs> want, but allow them to have those self-validation skills all along. And what this does is it helps them discover what looks good on me. What do I want today? Somebody else isn't dictating what I need to do, how I need to show up, what I need to wear. I have a voice and I have the ability to validate my own experiences. And so then like what you were saying with the school thing, even if nobody likes my shirt, I took time out to pick this shirt out. Yes. I know it's good on me. And that's okay. And that's completely okay. And so that's why that self-validation piece is so tra- transformative, I feel like, in the um, stages of being a child. Because when we give them the st- skills to do that now, my gosh, when they become adults, they have the mindset and the brain power to really be able to push past some real struggles and challenges that they may face. Yes. Oh my God. And then that, and I'm, I'm going to come back to a point with that, but then that it just triggered me because when you say, when you give the, when you're giving your child a chance to choose, you give them again, guidance, right? You can't just go in there wearing your PJs and your Christmas, you know, shoes or whatever, Christmas socks, whatever. But here, let's find something that works with all of that. And then you can make that final decision. And then, like you said, then that goes into they put it on, they already feel good because they like it, they chose it. So even if nobody else likes it, they like that. That's self-validation, but that's also choosing them. It's also teaching them to choose stuff for themselves, choose what makes them feel good. And then that rolls into their self-care. 
of like, I'm going to show up every day and I'm going to choose me because it's all that I know. This feels good. I'm going to do this. This feels bad. I'm not going to do this. And I'm not going to do it because everyone else, you know, is saying I should or I shouldn't do that. But this is all that I know is to choose what felt good, what looked good, what I liked, what I wanted to wear that day. And it just transforms into that self-care piece that, again, we all miss. (laughs) Wow. And even me, I never even thought about it from that perspective. But when you think about it as my, like, even when I work with my clients, a lot of them say, I have no clue how to create a self-care routine. I don't even know what self-care, you know, like most times as moms think we just get our hair done and then that's self-care, yeah. but there's so much more to who you are. But a lot of times we've had to pack that down because we were never given the space to just be. Yes. You know, always had to be put into this box where we had to be like this around this person, around this around this person, or where this around. But we were never able to just be. So yes. then it's hard for you to identify those different areas of yourself that still need to be revealed because you were never um, supported in being in those spaces. Yes, exactly. And you know what? That's I love. I love how. I feel in, in our P2P sisterhood that all of our programs are so identifiably different, but there is one, I think, stream that flows through all of them connecting. I can completely relate. And I love that your that your clients talk to you about that stuff because it is so true. We think about it, getting our nails done. We think about getting our hair done. I love going to get my hair done, but I know people who say, oh, it's so stressful because I hate just sitting there getting my hair done. Like, I I feel like I'm going to be doing this. It doesn't, that's not self-care for them. That's stressful for them. It doesn't work. But I love that because even in my clients as well, or what I try to portray in my programs and in um, the podcast is really learning how to choose yourself. And sometimes I feel I harp on it all day long, but you, but it's so true because when we get to the age that we're at and all the little, the limitations that were put on us from our parents, from ourselves, from society, from the world, it is so hard to just be without judgment, without the shame and without the guilt. And we always say as parents, I want my kid to have better than I did. I want my kid, right? But then what do we end up doing? We end up, because it's such by default, we end up putting him in the same box that we were put in, putting those same restrictions, putting those same thoughts, creating those same circumstances for them to not be who they are, but yet we want differently. So the want is there, but that's why I want to talk about, that's why this is conscious parenting. This isn't, I have a kid. I got to teach him right. I got to teach him wrong. I got to keep him fed and clothed. And that's what a parent is like conscious parenting. And you make me think, of so many times and that I've actually caught myself. So as far as picking out the clothes, right? Many times I've been in Target, we've got, okay, it's, it's a new school year or it's summer, let's get a couple shirts. Pick out which one you like. And I swear, Whitney, there have been times where Jack, every single one that Jackson picked out, I was like, no, <laughs> no, let's get this one. Are you sure you don't like this one better, right? There have been times where I've literally been like, no, but this, don't, and then trying to convince him. But don't you like this one goes with these pants? My mom, I really want this. No, you're not getting that shirt. Like, there have been times I've done that, and I will admit that, and I know better now. But I will say, yesterday, 
he wanted to create this YouTube channel and we were literally going back and forth about his name and he wanted it be, wanted it to be Roblox master underscore this, that, and the other. And I said, no, Jackson, it's got, it's a YouTube name. It's gotta be like, Hey, it's Jack or Jack attack or Jackaroni and cheese. Right? Like we were, and he's like, I don't want any of those. And I'm like, well, Jackson, it's not going to be that. But then I caught myself and I, and I said, you know what, Jackson, you do what you want to do, buddy. You do, you do what you want to do. And this was his reaction. He kind of looked at me a little bit. He wrote in his name and then he goes, I'm sorry if I upset you. And I said, oh my God, Megan. I said, Jackson, let me sit you down right now. You, let me correct this, my behavior. You did not upset me at all. I was trying to tell you what you wanted or what it should be because of what how other people's are gonna people are gonna look at your YouTube name or this. I was like, you have it be ABC XYZ. I don't care, look at me. Like you have it be whatever you want it to be. And he was like, thanks, mom, because I really like this name. And he, he was so, and that's all we did yesterday. And he was so excited. He went to bed like I'm Roblox Master YT. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think of all the all the things I'm going to do. And that's what's going to help me go to sleep. So I'm going to go to sleep thinking about all my ideas, but like it made me feel that release of these are the things Meg that you're putting these restrictions. You're not allowing him to just be in the littlest ways. And that's why I just want to, as a parent myself, and I'm sure your clients, your future clients that are going to come for you after this phone call and or after this podcast airs and my clients as well we all struggle with parenting and I feel in order for you to break through with your clients and and for me to break through with my clients is learning how to recognize these hidden limitations that we have on ourselves that we're putting on our kids and then how to little by little kind of crack the code and become more of a conscious parent more of a guide right not I'm sorry, no, 15, you're not going to go get your own apartment. You're not going to become emancipated. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, but, but still, how do you create the space to let your kids be who they are with the guidance and the boundaries? And I, I love that you really put an emphasis on the power and struggling. That's huge because we're so scared of struggle ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then also your self-validation. And that that those are the two things. I think we 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 really overlook the ability of our kids to do so many things. And then I think I think we we believe that we're hiding our emotions. We believe that we're hiding how we feel. We believe that we're putting on a tough exterior. So that our kids don't know what we're experiencing, so they don't know we're afraid, so they don't know we're lost or confused. And then we put this false image that tells them that they have to be better than us, but they are constantly feeling like I have to strive to be better than someone and I can't just be who I am and be in my own greatness without having to constantly strive to be better than the next person. And that all goes back to that validation. You don't need to be better than me. I just want you to be the best you. And I want you to know the skills to keep developing you into the greater you so that you don't have to be the best me. We can just all be great as a family. That is huge. I, okay, revelation. <laughs> I never thought about that. 
I never thought about it in that way until you just said it. I was today years old because you are so freaking spot on. That's what happens with siblings. Like they'll say, well, mm. she can run fast and I can't run fast. And instead of them understanding that it does, in order for you to be able to run fast, it's going to require you to possibly struggle. You're going to have to learn how to use your uh, your legs a lot differently. You're going to have to put in a little bit of work. You're going to have to probably do some different things. But welcome that. Because just like your sibling can run fast, if you practice and you get the skills and you are consistent, you can be a fast runner. So yes. instead of them going back and forth and saying, well, you can do it and I can't, let me show you the skills. This is an opportunity for siblings to give each other skills. Mm. To say, here's how you can do it. And here's how we can do it together and grow. And so this is why it's so important for children to know how to communicate with each other. Yes. They need to know how to talk to each other and recognize that there is no competition. I'm validated by me being me. You're validated by you being you. And we are growing together. And yes. these are the skills that a lot of times parents don't know how to um, give to their children how mm -hmm. to teach them how to communicate, but I that, that that's most likely the missing piece when it comes like sibling rivalry and things along those lines. It's simply that the children are trying to understand how to just be. Yes, you're exactly right, and we are the ones putting on them to be better, but we don't put the we don't make it clear of be better as you you have to be better than better than and so kids are like better than my sister better than my brother better than my parents and i love that you say that because you're right when we say i want my kids to have better or live better than i did what we really mean is they're going to be on the same i want them on the same journey as i am but i just want them to do it better not just be on a journey of their own mm -hmm. and we do that for every single kid and it's it's amazing because all of our kids have very very different personalities and all together they know how to press every single button and one kid might be good at these buttons and one kid might not be good at these buttons but they're all so very very different but we expect them to all travel like little ducks in a row on the same journey. And for each of them, you're going to do it bigger and better and have better than I did. Instead of saying, you know what, let's go separately. We're all here together, like you said, but let's all do it separately. And that's why diversity is so important. That's why multiculturalism is so important. You know what I'm saying? Bringing yes. in different experiences into your homes, talking mm -hmm. about people with different disabilities and seeing different cultures and experiencing different types of music and genres. If we normalize multiculturalism within our homes, then we can celebrate diversity in our own unique selves. And then it also gives our children the opportunity to explore different things that they may be interested in that we have no clue about. Yes. Let's eat a different meal from somewhere else today. Or let's remember <laughs> in Mexico and we all wear sombreros. But we Love need it. to celebrate diversity. Because yes. that's the key to being able to validate ourselves is being able to understand that there's differences and that's okay. Exactly. And so then I have Jackson, who is blonde hair, blue eye, fair skin. His brother, so Jackson is you know, half Irish and his brother is half Dominican mm. and his brother is very tan. And, you know, then we have my parents and then we have my in-laws and it is Dominican, it's, it's merengue, it's salsa, it's rice and beans, it's platanos. It is, I mean, it, it's all very cultural. And then within that family, 
my my brother-in-law is married um and she's from filipino descent huh. yeah and so then and so all the kids i mean it, it's, it's a very multicultural family but it's i love seeing all the kids play oh. together because not one of them and this is sad because we learn this as we get older it's a learned behavior not one of them has been like you know um why are they a different skin color than me or why are they doing eating this or dancing to this music jackson loves it i mean <laughs> loves it but it is so true because when you see them all play together they are all self-validating themselves because they're all showing and allowing each other to show up as just them with no recognition of I need to be in this corner. I need to be with this people. I mean, my my father-in-law jokes that when they go on family walks, he needs to carry around a birth certificate for Jackson because he stands out like a sword. Trust <laughs> <laughs> me, he belongs to me. Like he, he belongs to us. <laughs> and I love him so much when he says that because it's it's hilarious. Like we do, we get we we laugh at ourselves like on our family pictures because there's Jackson. <laughs> like, is that the neighbor kid? <laughs> that is so cute. But it is, but it really is a learning tool. And I agree. And like you said, bringing in kids with disabilities and stuff and just allowing each child to just be, just allowing them to just be builds their self-confidence builds their resilience, builds their self-validation, builds their self-care. It literally, if you want your kids to be better, if you want your kids to have a better experience, a different experience than you, you just have to let them be. That's literally it. That's literally the, the key. Like I'm, I'm not even telling you how much I have let, I, I've let go so much of my parenting and my kids have seen such a amazing like 360 almost in that because like even with me homeschooling like I feel like you got to get this and you got to do that and get it when I released so much of that they learned more wow. <laughs> you Is know that, what I mean? so it's just yes. like those things we all feel like we have to just have and do a lot of it when you let go you gain so much because when you when you're constantly just like in this state and I'm, I'm thinking about more of a spiritual thing. Now, when you're constantly in a state of like your mind is constantly flustered and you have all these thoughts in your head, you cannot make rational decisions. No. You know what I'm saying? You're not thinking clearly to even help them with the homework that's challenging yes. or the homeschool stuff. That's, you're not even in the space to, to, to navigate through that because the mind is fogged. And so one of the best things you may be able to do is just kind of draw back and allow them to discover it on their own. Like mm. literally, we think we have to do something. I, Megan, I've never bought a homeschool curriculum. Never bought a homeschool curriculum. And I say that, mm. and I know it's probably going to be weird to people, but children learn best from real world experiences things that yes. they can actually do and discover on their own and we think we have to give them a ton of worksheets and a ton of printables but really they can learn so much from pots and pans than they can do from coloring red blue yellow and green yeah <laughs> you know so it's it 
and and the only reason I say that is because I understand how to develop and craft those type of experiences within the homes. But I think that that's something that parents need to understand. That's why I talk about that in my program is how do you create those spaces in your home that support your children and constantly being in the flow of learning without having to turn on the TV all the time. You know, what I'm mm. to be occupied by a million other things because you have no clue what to do. How do you set up your space to support you in navigating through that? You know, because parents have, you know, like for me, I've worked in preschool classrooms all my life. So I know yeah. that certain things have to go a certain way, but you have to create that space and that same energy within your home because that way you can support them through their learning. You can support them through whatever they need when you have set up the space to support you in doing so. I love that. That I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. And I am going to, I'm going to ask you about your program because heck I want to know. And I know everybody wants to know. Um, Cause it's absolutely amazing. I just, I adore everything that you put out on social media and it's just, it's, it's so, it's so authentic and it's so genuine and it's relatable to every single person. Like if you're on there and you're like, I never do that. Use a liar. Because you do. <laughs> and it's okay. And it is okay that you do that, but we can unlearn these stuff. We can yes. unlearn all of this. And I will say that um, from personal experience with you, you and I had a phone call a while back. I think it was like a one hour, one and a half hour session. And we talked a lot about, I was, I was just starting my business and I was overwhelmed with being at home and balancing my time of being with my kids and then teaching them the boundaries of this is mommy. This is the hour mommy works. This is my workspace. And then also I was like exhausted because by the time I put them down for a nap, I was exhausted. And you came up with a plan for me that to this day I have stuck by. And my most favorite thing about that plan was setting up spaces for your kids. Now, my toddler who was younger at the time needed a little bit more attention, but now he's definitely him and his brother engage a lot more. They play, they wrestle, they, they try, like they're able to have a, a develop their own relationship. But what I'm most excited about is this summer, my oldest is not going to um, a summer camp that he usually goes to and we're planning trips. But this is not get in a car and drive somewhere, go to the zoo. I mean, we're going to do a little bit of that. This is not a physical. We're going to go somewhere. We're planning trips in the house. So I and I got this from you. So we're going to have art day and I already have like art contests. Like we, I got them these how to draw books because I can't even draw a stick figure, but my son my son is like a freaking up and coming Picasso. Yeah. So we're going to have art contests of who can draw, you know, what do you want to draw? And then we're going to hang them up and we're going to like place colors on them and put stickers on them of what we like best and make a marine thing, make a farm. And we're going to go on um, like the virtual uh, field trips to like the San Diego Zoo and all that other stuff. And then we're all, like, I'm just so excited. We're going to have these in-home trips but i know you do stuff with um beads and especially with my toddler and counting and i know your m&ms and the food coloring stuff that i see that i'm i have don't don't second guess me i have save 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 and i've made a little this is my summer these are our summer trips so jackson's like well where are we gonna go i'm like to the dining room table <laughs> 
but I'm excited, Whitney. Like I'm excited <laughs> to actually dedicate that time and have this down home, basic fun with my kids instead of like you, they're going to be home for the summer. I could be working all day, plopping on the TV, giving them the phone. Like I'm really excited to not only have them do this and, and like you said, have these real life experiences. Like we're going to have gardening day one day. We're going to get a little pot, like all that's because my son loves to garden. Um, but I'm also excited to know how to take the time out and engage with them and not say, okay, you guys do this. Now let me take my laptop over here. Let me tell you not to have screen time, but let me have screen time because it's business and it's that. So I have learned so much and that combined with me being more of a conscious parent, I feel that it's going to give me more of an opportunity to let them arrive who they are. What do you want to draw? What's on your mind? What draw what's what you're imagining? Think of something right now and just draw it, you know, or going on a field trip or, you know, doing the gardening, like what kind of vegetables, let's watch it grow. It's your responsibility. You water it, all that Those stuff. Experiences are everything, man. Those experiences are everything for a kid. We think they got to buy them all this stuff. They want experiences, right? They want to actually remember these things and they, and believe it or not, they're going to remember it. These things are. are what leave, leave that impression on them for ever and ever and ever my kids still talk about we made a um what is a diaphragm diorams you know what i'm talking about? diorama mm -hmm. um yeah, made, yeah. So they still to this day they're like mommy i want to make another i want to make another <laughs> but it's just like those little things matter so much because like when we're in it we're present we're asking questions we're talking we're communicating we're building together and so yes. when we normalize communicating building together unity cooperation we have that as a natural norm within our home it's the yes. norm now it's not something you have to like fake it or pretend to do that's the norm now and so what that also does is it builds cooperation because now that you've been able to dedicate time to them and feed into that relationship, any relationship that you are able to nurture and support, it will grow. And so when you're able to do that on a regular basis with your kids, you'll notice that the tantrums stop. You'll notice that the fallout stop. You'll notice that they'll come to you before they just started taking things. You'll notice that they won't lie mm. and all those other things because they have this trust with you now. They have this bond. They have this experience for you with you. Yes. And that's what matters. And I, I always tell my clients this example, like when you're, say for instance, something's going on with your kid and you need to travel out of state somewhere to get to your kid. You're not going to call the friend that you call an associate. You're probably going to call your good, good girlfriend that you've known for years, that you can call anytime, that you have a good relationship with, that you can hang out with and laugh and all that kind of stuff. You're probably going to call that friend first. And the reason why is because that relationship it's that relationship. You trust that person yes. with something so vulnerable to you, like your emotions, your feelings, your whatever. You trust that person. So you're going to go to that person when you need support with something. You're going to have a better relationship and want to cooperate with that person because that's the good, good girlfriend. Now, the that's associate right. may not get that type of treatment, but the friend will because you always have that relationship on a regular basis. And so when you create these experiences, you're naturally building that relationship, that good, good girlfriend relationship. You're yes. naturally building that communication. You're naturally doing that. So when you need them to stop doing something, okay, mommy, you'll notice that it'll happen. It mm -hmm. will happen. But mm. you have to put work into the relationship just like any other relationship. 
That's so true. It's not just do what I say, do what I say. And that's it because I said, so mm-hmm. I love that. I can't wait. I'm, I just can't wait to apply this. And, and you are right because the more I work on myself, the more I see my parenting changing and the more I'm opening the doors to the way I parent and how I parent. And I love using, I'm going to use that dining room as this is a place for me as a mom to show up just as I am and a place for my kids to show up just as they are. And you're right, building, just building that trust. And our belief system comes from what we hear and what we think or what's put on us on a constant basis and by somebody that we trust. So if your kids have that trusting relationship with you, they're going to believe what you tell them. And when you allow them to show up as themselves, they will believe that and they will not know anything else going into life. That's all they're going to know is this is what I truly believe is this is who I am. And you can't make me think otherwise. And I love that. I love that, Whitney. Yeah, And then think about also too the power of that with siblings. Like if you're gone out of this world and they naturally have the skills to continue to communicate, continue to work together, to continue to move the family forward without bigger, you know how many siblings still yeah. are like 40, 50 years old, can't speak to each other, can't sit in the same room with each other, hold on to things. Imagine if our kids had the ability to be straightforward. Imagine if they had the ability to understand emotions and the capacity of other people and to understand yeah. boundaries and how that help relates to other people. If they have those skills, when we're dead and gone, man, mm-hmm. man, they can keep this thing going. Absolutely no. beautiful. You're exactly right. I, oh my God. So, I swear, so many things we could freaking talk about. Like, this is, I love, this is why I prayed, you know, I went through, I just can't, I can't, I can't even express what I'm about to say because I love having this conversation with you, Whitney. I love the fact that we can come together and have these conversations. And these are not like, hey, let's prep for a speech. We're giving a valedictorian. Like, this is what we talk about every day. You and I, we live and breathe this stuff. We teach this stuff because it's so significant and so important. And this is truly our call to purpose. Like our name was spoken for this field. And it, it, this is this is our life every day. And these conversations are just the ones I die for. It's not like, oh man, I got to call it too. Look, it's like, I can't wait to have this conversation because I can't have this conversation with many people. Let's be real, right? But with that being said, since this is our call to purpose, please tell me what you have going on in your world, um, what your program is and consists of. You can go as long as you want. I don't care. Give all the details. I need to know. My community needs to know. Your community needs to know. And also where they can find you. I share your stuff all the dang time. So they better be following you already. But for those who are a little behind, we will we'll go ahead and remind them gently. <laughs> gently. <laughs> okay, so I have created the most game-changing program I believe I have ever touched my hands on. And I'm not just saying that. I feel like it is one of my greatest pieces of work. I have created an amazing eight-week program that takes parents through an amazing transformation where they don't have to worry about struggling between the home and work-life balance while dealing with temper tantrums and 
meltdowns and all the things that kind of hold us back from showing up as our full selves in motherhood. I literally walk them through the steps that I've had to personally take and I take my clients through to really uncover what's starting the tantrums, get an understanding of how to um, support your child through the tantrums and what steps you can take to really um, navigate through them on a regular basis without stress and overwhelm and exhaustion. <clears throat> so the eight week program is amazing because I also have other coaches coming in to support the program. I have nice. uh, a choice specialist that comes in. And when we talk about setting up space and moving things around within the program, we are going to be also altering their space. So mm. they have the clarity to receive all of the transformation within the program. We also have a capacity coach coming in, Miss Nicole Brown. Yes. <laughs> about how to really uncover their own um, balance between um, home and work life. And from her experience coming from corporate America into now full-time entrepreneurship, that's going to be so game-changing. Yes, it is. So many women in the program. So I added that bonus in there. And oh then God. I also added... At the end of our program, because I know a lot of times we get so burnt out by our kids having so much energy. At the end of our program, as, as we're implementing and doing all the work, we're also going to be working on our full health and wellness with Evelyn Lavasser. She's going to come in and teach us how to not stress ourselves about diet and how to make sure that we're eating foods that feel good to us and propel us to really prosper in our parenting. So I basically compiled everything that I've learned. Plus I brought in all these amazing, amazing coaches to support me. Wow. We are just going to take these ladies and their families through a full transformation in eight weeks. That is, that is huge, Whitney. And for everyone who doesn't understand the impact this is going to have on you, I have not taken Whitney's eight-week course, but I'm just going to throw my two cents in here. I've done my one-to-one -one with Whitney, and just that alone is just that alone is amazing. But I'm going to tell you about these other two ladies too, uh, Nicole and Evelyn. Um, I will add their their handles to the show notes. If you all want to be like, well, who is this coming in? But I will tell you from firsthand, exceptional. So Whitney, you literally have, you have experts in their field coming in. Like, I'm sorry to say, but you, this is, you better be charging girl, <laughs> because you literally have like programs within your program. And those are so priceless. Like those are the most health and wellness coach, Evelyn, absolutely amazing. I just listened to her podcast with Danielle. The other day, her episode, it was it was aired a while ago. Absolutely love it. Nicole, girl, we talked to each other on a, on a weekly, monthly basis. Absolutely love her. I had no idea she, like, I'm blown away. I am blown away. Like, the value in that is unbelievable. So, if a mama, a real mother, like, <laughs> I probably sounded so dumb saying that. <laughs> But it, like me, wanted to find out more information. Where do I go? How do I find you? Like, this is needed. How do, how do we get in touch? Okay, so the first thing you need to do is follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at WBHJohnson. I am most likely on there. Or you can find me in my free Facebook community called the Motherhood Circle. And motherhood is M-U-V-A-H-O-O-D. 
the motherhood circle. You can find me in those two locations. Um, it's so funny that right when I was getting ready to launch my program, my website crashed on me three times. And originally <laughs> what I thought was, dang, man, maybe it's not supposed to happen. But then I realized that it is supposed to happen and this needs to be spread for somebody somewhere. I'm holding space for them. Right. So I decided to extend my enrollment. Okay. And I extended my enrollment for another week while we were working on the website. But it is but if you want to find out more about Prosper and Parents Academy, the easiest way to do that is by following me on my um, Instagram um at wbh johnson because i will be telling you guys the exact website and all that information today yes <laughs> yes absolutely i i am so happy for you you are changing lives you change my life i mean if anyone's going to follow you on instagram their lives are going to be different like you give value whether someone becomes a client or not if you just simply follow whitney you you will get applicable things that you can do and understanding and mindset that you need, not just for parenting, but also for yourself. So it just, just by doing that little bit, you're going to get so much value, but your whole life's going to change um, by, by enrolling in this program. It's unbelievable. So what I'm going to say this, my editor can edit this out. I know this was meant to be like a pre discussion, but I love it so much. Are you comfortable with this airing as is? Eric. Eric. I mean, look at me. This is going to go on YouTube too. And you know, I I like to maybe put, I like to at least do my eyebrows, but I came over straight from my son's baseball game and it was all windy out. And I don't even care because they're not going to be looking at me. Listen, if you're too busy looking at me, this not for you. You no. need to listen to the message, right? It's, it's the message. And plus you look amazing. So <laughs> I do all anything. So thank you. <laughs> oh Megan, this was so good. It was so it is it was so good, Whitney. I'm so excited. Like you are, you better mark this day because Lord, I have it on my list that I'm gonna be winning um and i'm sure you're gonna be right there with me it's gonna be an award-winning podcast and i'm gonna come back and, and interview again in what would we say five years, yes, five years. years and we'll say you were the first person no, no, five years again. Again. Like, oh my god <laughs> but listen behind me is gonna be like italian marble walls <laughs> So and don't be surprised when you see that beautiful window with sunlight and yes plants. Oh yeah, okay. we're messing. That's right. No, we are not messing at all. <laughs> and I'll probably still look like this. <laughs> Whitney, it was so good to not only just catch up with you, but also this is amazing. I'm excited. So seriously, thank you for taking the time out and, and just agreeing like that to do that with me. Cause that, that affirms to me that that's how much you also believe in my message too. Um, when people are so quick to be like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, okay, cool. cool. Like, they, I'm doing it right. Like they, they believe in it too. Yes, right. Absolutely. I'm honored. I'm so thankful that you asked me to be on your podcast. Like I love everything that you do and i always tell you i go back to your episodes and i listen to them and i'm applying them because they really are transformational like you don't just give out some information like you really dive in and that's what i think is the beauty of your content and the things that you do so thank you 
Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. for life, baby. Yay!